in quarantine, it was really, really hard for me to get a hold of everything. I started to have panic attacks. So I started praying and I started writing. The COVID shutdown situation wound up hitting me pretty hard. I uh, began to ask myself questions that I had never asked myself before. But I realized there was something bigger happening and, and God was trying to re-enter my life. I had an overwhelming fear of the unknown and I felt really scared and alone. After giving my life to Christ, I know that I can cast all my worries onto Him and that I wasn't put on this earth to live in fear. I always wanted to find all the answers myself, but it never worked. When I finally genuinely let God into that space of my life, He brought hope with Him. It was as if I was the prodigal son out on my own, doing my own thing with no guidance, and coming home to my father with open arms. Secondary issues do matter. You should think hard about them, but the primary mission of Jesus is to change the hearts of every person toward him. Jesus, I pray that you would take that picture from Revelation chapter 7. That beautiful picture of every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every people surrounded around your throne. And that would be our vision. That we would seek your heart, that we would seek your ways to bring that kingdom picture to earth. Once again, good to be with you this morning. I'm wearing a bunch of hats uh, and just want to let you know, um, on top of everything going on, last night about 11.15, while I was sleeping, Bob sent me a text. I'm not feeling real good, Brian. And I didn't get it because I was out. I was sleeping. And at about 6 o'clock, well, 5.45, I look over at my phone and there's an email message. And the email message has um, just Bob's sermon notes. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, just to let you know, Bob's not feeling really good. Um, he didn't want to spread any virus. If he has it, uh, we don't know. Um, but he wasn't feeling real great. And so he said, hey, take my notes and get after it on Vision Sunday. Uh, we did have a conversation about postponing Vision Sunday. And we all said, you know what? That's not good leadership. We're going to lead through this moment. We're going to lead into this moment. We believe that God wants to share a grand vision with us for the future and nothing's gonna get in the way. So I'm not, I'm gonna just preach off of Bob's sermon the best I possibly can, okay? And I'm gonna do the best justice to that possible. Uh, I think you'll hear the heart of Bob throughout this message. 
Uh, for those of you who are guests with us, this is a little bit of a different Sunday for you to join us, right? Uh, you're going to get a chance to see behind the curtain, which I really like. If you're new around here, you're going to get a sense of who we actually are. Uh, you already have gotten a sense of that, and you're going to get a sense of that as we speak through where we believe God is leading us in our vision for this upcoming year. This year has been uniquely challenging. Hadn't it? There has been a sense that we're in a, a desert moment, a wasteland moment. A couple weeks ago, I asked, Who is weary? And almost every hand in the room shot up. We are in a divided country with a bitter election full of distrust and hate and hostility. There's racial uncertainty and justice going on. There is a pandemic that nobody saw coming. There is a disruption in our economy and our social lives. We are isolated and we are lonely. And then on top of all that, I get the email from Bob this morning, hey, can you preach this sermon? And even for me, there was this moment of feeling weary and tired, like I was in a desert, in a wasteland. People are not doing well. Some of us in the room right now, if we're really honest, are not doing well. We're filled with anxiety and depression, loneliness, suicide, and addictions have risen to an all-time high recently. Anxiety and depression, mental struggles radiate throughout our relationships. Bob was doing some homework on a study that said this, 42% of people reported right now that anxiety has had a negative impact on their relationships. And 39% of people said that the same thing has hit them in full-on depression. Young adults have been hit especially hard when it comes to mental health. And those uh, who are in um, senior retirement homes are struggling with loneliness like never before. People are tired and weary, worn out and at the end of their rope and we need hope. And that's why this morning I'm so excited to share with us the vision because we need a breakthrough. The stress and the pressure of the season has revealed cracks in our lives, broken places within our own hearts and within our world. And God has revealed that we are a world in need We're in need of him and the world is in need of a church that is active, filled with hope and helps us break through into the new day. The verse I wanna look at this morning is Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. A little bit of context to this passage. The people of God, the Israelites, are in captivity in Babylon. Things are not looking good for them, right? If they would say, hey, uh, they would take their day versus our day, they'd go, I'll take your day, any day, all right? In captivity in Babylon, their people are being killed. They don't know where God is. They can't see him clearly. And in the middle of that, the prophet Isaiah says to them this, forget the former things. 
Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What does God want for our church in terms of a breakthrough? What does he want us to see on Vision Sunday when we're looking forward to what we should perceive ahead of us? As we were thinking about this and Bob and I were sharing what are the things that we really are bubbling up that we believe God is leading us into. There were four specific areas that God is leading us into that we think we can be streams in the wasteland, that we can spring up and do something new in our culture. And so I wanna share with you the four tangible things we really think God wants us to do in this upcoming year. And then I wanna end by sharing really Bob's heart and my heart uh, around why we're going to do that and how we're going to do that and the heart of that. So what are we going to do? What's gonna spring up? Number one, we're gonna continue with online engagement. Online engagement, as was just reported Over 5,000 devices tuned in on Easter Sunday morning. Industry standard says that one device equals about two and a half people. So somewhere around 10,000 people engaged with Easter this year and heard the message of Jesus. That is awesome. And we're not gonna back down from that. We believe that God has set us up very, very well to engage online. Here's the thing. I know that you're all on social media, most of you, even if you don't like it, you're probably there or you know somebody else's password so you can log in and just check it out from time to time, okay? And we wanna move from social media to social ministry. Make no mistake, we don't wanna replace this, okay? There is going to be a day where we're gonna have to say, hey, move to the middle again, everybody. We ain't got enough room. It's not, we don't have enough room. You gotta move to the middle. That day will come someday, okay? But until then, we have to work with online engagement. And here's the thing I think. I just don't think online engagement's going away. Apparently this internet thing is here to stay, right? So we're gonna lean into that. We're gonna continue to engage in online so that it would push us to real relationships with Jesus and with each other. So online engagement. Number two, we, oh, this one's fun. I like this one. We believe that God has led us to a downtown Bozeman expression. So I've only been here uh, a little over a year, year and a half or so. And before I even got here, I heard these um, bubblings people saying, hey, we really feel like there needs to be another expression of Journey Church downtown. We reach a certain demographic, right? I'll be talking about this in a minute. We we really reach a certain demographic of people. We're very enticing to young people and young families, okay? To the next generation. Um, But the reality is there is a whole nother demographic of people that live just down the way, just downtown, 
and they're going to need a different expression of Jesus. Not, not a, a false expression of Jesus, not a watered down expression of Jesus, but they will need a culturally significant different expression of Jesus. And we believe that Jesus has many people in this sound to save still, okay? And so um, every, everything has been bubbling up, like, oh, we, we should really do something downtown. We should really do something downtown. And when I came on board, I was like, man, it would be cool if something would actually happen. Like if we stop talking about it and get to it, right? And this past year, we've come into relationship with a young man who wants to come and uh, plant a church in downtown Bozeman. And we said, man, we want to be part of that. And so we're going to be partnering with him. You'll be hearing more and more about this in this upcoming year. He's probably going to join our staff. Um, and so we're going to be engaging in a downtown expression uh, of Journey Church. We believe that Jesus wants to reach into the stories downtown and, and wants to bless them downtown and wants to change their lives for Jesus downtown. So we're excited about that as well. Number three. I just mentioned this, but we really believe that we need to have a next generation focus. We need to have a next generation focus. The median age at our church is 38. It's 38. So lots of churches say, yes, we want to be the church for the next generation. Guess what? We are, right? Every church everywhere says they want to be part of the next generation church. We are the next generation church, okay? And that is exciting, and it's also a deep responsibility. Like we have got to, we have got to lean in to planting seeds in this next generation, to loving them in the name of Jesus in this next generation, to guiding and shepherding their hearts in this next generation. I, I know that there are so many that have given up on the next generation. I want to say this to you from your pastor, and Bob would say the same thing. We believe in the next generation. I see you here. Okay? And I believe that you're going to do something amazing. I think we have no idea what this next generation is actually going to do. I think they're going to rise up and I think they're going to lead our church in a whole new day. If you are of an older generation and you're, you have given up hope on the next generation, you have got to rekindle that hope for the next generation. You have got to invest in that next generation. You have got to understand that they're not the future of the church. They are the church. So are you, but so are they. And we need to invest in the next generation. So because God has given us this great responsibility, um, we'll be hiring a next generation pastor. So we really want to hire somebody who's going to oversee everything from zero through 18. She's, uh, they're going to partner with Peggy and the team down in base camp. We have a killer team down in base camp. Uh, but we want somebody to oversee uh, zero through 18, all the way through high school graduation, then launching them into the formative years after graduation from high school. And so we're going to be looking for someone who can kind of put all those pieces together. If you got somebody in mind, we're in the middle of already starting that search. And so we'd love to hear from you. If you say, Hey, I got a next generation pastor. I think they'd be great. Uh, let us know, send us an email, uh, somehow communicate with us that you've got somebody we need to talk to. I'm very excited about that. And then the second piece of engaging in the next generation is, do you remember this thing called the everyone initiative? Like, do you anybody remember that? Okay, so let me remind you. Okay, so in March, March, uh, it would have been 
13, 12, 11, March 11, Bob and I were sitting at the uh, Baxter Hotel downtown and we were doing this conversation with Logan and, and sharing some vision and we were gonna share that with you all about the Everyone Initiative and it was gonna launch on March 29 and we were working on all this and we were gonna ask for three and a half million dollars and we had a consultant who was like, I think you're gonna make it and it's gonna be great and we were gonna do an expansion, double the size of our base camp. We're gonna put in a coffee shop where people with developmental disabilities were gonna have an opportunity to work there and serve us and create this community center, an indoor two-story playground for stay-at-home parents to come and hang out and have a coffee and let their kid burn off some energy for free around here, which is amazing, right? We had all that in the works and we were filming that on March uh, 11 and we had lunch and John Oakland said at lunch, hey, you think this whole Corona, COVID, COVID whatever it's called thing is like gonna be a big deal? <laughs> and we're like, nah. <laughs> um, needless to say, we didn't launch on March 29, but we're gonna re-engage with this. I, I actually think it's a great time to build. <laughs> all the contractors around here think so, <laughs> Right? Right? So um, I think it's a great time for us to invest in the next generation. I don't think God wants all that's going on in the world to take our way, away our vision for the next generation. And so we're gonna be re-meeting with our consultant and you'll be hearing in 2021 uh, where we're going in the midst of that, uh, what our timeline will be. And I want you to understand it's not our time to back down. It is our time to invest in the next generation. God has made us responsible to that and we're gonna rise to that responsibility, church, okay? Are you with me? All right. Come on now. Number four. And um, this one in particular, I just wanna say is, is the heartbeat of our pastor, Pastor Bob. Um, and, and I just, I want you to know that this is his heart. And I love that it's his heart. And it makes us who we are because of this heart. And his heart is this, everyone needs a shepherd. Everyone needs a shepherd. One of the passages that Bob loves to share is Matthew 9, 36, when, he, when Jesus sees the crowds and he has compassion on them, like his heart breaks for them because they were harassed and helpless, harassed and helpless. I think a lot of people could explain how they're feeling about this life right now as harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus's heart was to shepherd all these people. It was to shepherd the every and to shepherd the one. And so we're going to work very, very hard at shepherding your hearts and each other's hearts in this upcoming year. Here's the deal. Like, can we be honest? Weekends are awesome around here, right? Like that slow jam thing, that's like one of my highlights of the whole year. I love it, right? We pull off stuff like that. We got Logan who makes unbelievable videos, right? We've got Brandon who like, that dude kills it every week, right? I'm like, do you get sick of being so good? Cause you're pretty awesome. Uh, like, okay, we have got such a great team around here for the weekends, but we know that Sunday's not enough. Sunday's just not enough. It's a great place for you to gather, for us to gather as the church, but we need more than that. 
And so in tangible ways, we're going to shepherd each other's hearts. Everyone needs a shepherd. The picture is that somebody would be pouring into you so that you would be able to pour into somebody else's life, not just on Sunday. It's not going to be a tagline for us to move from rows to circles. Uh, We actually uh, brought Michelle Quigley up from part-time to full-time in this past year, and she is our Connections pastor, and she's going to work tirelessly to help you um, gather and then connect and then serve and then give and then lead. We're so serious about this uh, that we hired a consultant firm called Growth Plus, and they have this incredible plan in terms of helping people mature so that they're all in followers of Jesus. Not just Sunday attenders, but all in followers of Jesus. And that's what we want to shepherd you into. See, if you just think Sunday's enough, you have not gotten what you need to get. There is so much more for you. And so we're going to invest in your hearts and in your lives because everyone needs a shepherd. Next week, we'll start a series called Shepherd Montana. Uh, The title just comes out of uh, Bob's hometown, Shepherd Montana, a little town outside of Billings. And so Bob's gonna be sharing his heart more about this, how we're going to shepherd one another throughout the year. So let me review, okay? Here's what we're gonna do. We are going to continue to engage online We're gonna continue to engage online. We're gonna use that as an on-ramp to get people to gather, right? We're going to invest in a downtown Bozeman expression. We, We are going to focus on the next generation and we are going to embrace that everyone needs a shepherd. And here's the heart of how we're going to do all of those things. We're gonna do those things through supernatural unity. This is what the world needs right now. Supernatural unity. Guess what? The people sitting around you, they're different. Surprise, okay? Some of them voted differently than you. Surprise! Some of them think differently than you. Surprise! Some of them have different life experiences than you. Surprise! We're different. But Jesus calls us to radical Unity. One of my favorite prayers in the whole Bible is in John 17, 20 through 23. John 17, 20 through 23. Here's why it's one of my favorites. It's a specific prayer for us. So Jesus is with his disciples right before he's headed to the cross. And he prays that God would glorify him and glorify the Father. Then he prays for the disciples that they would also be glorified and that they would be united. And then he prays for all believers, which means he's praying for you and me in advance. This was written directly to us. And it says this, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus says there is a supernatural 
and countercultural unity, in the midst of the generational divisions, in the midst of the racial divisions, in the midst of the political divisions, in the midst of gender divisions, Jesus calls us to radical unity in him. The world doesn't need more hate and hype. The world needs hope and help. It's worth repeating. Bob wrote, this is really good. The world doesn't need more hate and hype. The world needs more hope and help. Okay, I'm speaking on behalf of both Bob and myself, but I'm gonna stand up and yell a little bit, and that's more me than Bob. We were made for this. Church, we were made for this. Do you know our story? Our story starts in Egypt where we are slaves. And then it doesn't get any better because we get captive in Babylon. We are exiled to Babylon. And then it doesn't get better because we're oppressed by the Romans. And guess what? The leader of this whole thing, he got crucified by the Romans. And his own people rejected him. The Pharisees, they didn't like him. And the Romans, they killed him. Do you understand? Listen to me, listen to me well. We don't come out of a faith that comes out of freedom. We don't. It is great that we have it in this country. That is awesome. I think it's amazing that we have that. But here's what I want to say to you. We don't depend on that. Our faith was born for this. If you think our faith was born for comfort, you don't know Jesus. Jesus suffered and he died and he calls us to radical unity within him. This is not our worst moment. This is our best moment, church. It's our absolute best moment. When things are most dark, that's when the light actually can shine. Jesus hasn't fallen off of his throne. He is seated high and lifted up and he's looking at his church with love in his eyes. He's saying, I'm gonna work through you. I'm gonna use you. I'm gonna change the world because the world needs a breakthrough. Let's pray. Jesus, this passion is just welling up inside of me because I know it's the same passion that you have passion that would die upon a cross for a sinner like me. A passion that would submit himself to death, even death on a cross. A love that would be found in humility. And a call for the church the bride of Christ to unite and have vision for the future. Jesus, thank you that you have. You've made us for this. We have got what it takes. Holy Spirit, you are in us. As the Father is in the Son, so the Son is in us, Jesus. Empower us through your Spirit to be your hands and your feet and your voice crying out in the desert 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Streams in the wasteland. Springs in the desert. Make it so. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.